Thanks for tuning in to the Taking Background podcast, a podcast about making a difference. Tonight, we are going to talk about what stops men from being what God has created them to be. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to the Taking Background Podcast, where we equip men to be leaders in their life, their home, and their city to leave a legacy and make a difference. Hey, yeah. Yeah. So today we're in the midst of a heat wave. Boy, howdy, that's an understatement. We're like smashing records all over the place. <laughs> oh, How was it out on the asphalt today? Let me tell you that you weren't standing on it very long before it worked its way through your, you know, two inch work boot. Really? Yeah. Like you could feel the the heat off the black oh, top man. going through swamp, your work boot. Swamp feet. Like literally walking out the front door, AC was cranked in my work truck. It was insane. It's that awful. And that's it. I left for work this morning at 3.30 in the morning. And it was like what, 80 what degrees. What did the temperature say? 80 degrees like 80. in the morning? Yeah. It was awful. Oh my word. That Super is hot. crazy. Well, uh, this is, again, the Taking Background Podcast. If you would like, leave us a voicemail, 509-906-3122, or send us an email, takingbackgroundspokane at gmail.com. And like we'll say every week, go ahead and like, share, and get your friends to listen. You know what to do out there on them social media machines and them Interwebs. 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 Interwebs or... I have no idea. Internets. I'm not hip to the hop. Neither am I. (laughs) So our scripture tonight is a different one Ooh. from John seven fifty three. They went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. They said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Boy, wouldn't it be nice to be a little bit like Jesus? Like how so? Like being the man there? Just that... just being like, you know what? You're good. Just don't sin anymore. Yeah. Instead of harboring a grudge. Yeah. Well, and that goes to what we want to talk about tonight. Uh, in the category of leading yourself as a man, Um What's the primary hangup for guys being who God calls them to be? Ooh, disqualification within their own brains. Yeah, just that like idea of feeling disqualified yep. and feeling disqualified going to apathy and apathy leading to doing nothing or because you've already done it, why not, why not, keep why doing not just it? keep doing it yeah. instead of moving on? So um, why do you think it is like for those of us that maybe grew up in church uh, often feel disqualified? Well, because you've been pounded over and over again that do not do this, do not do this, do not do this, do not sin. And 
sometimes the grace part gets left out or kind of gets yeah, it's kind of flossed over, glossed over. I think is the word that I was looking glossed for over. there. Gloss. Yeah. I think glossed over was like it for a sure. donut. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly like that. Yeah, and I think that um, it's it's just so hard because we grow up in this culture where at church, you know, we talk about these things like grace, but it's not actually practiced. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid going to church and like having this like idea of you need to be perfect when you walk in, doesn't matter if mom and dad got in a fight or whatever in the car on the way there, as soon as you walk in the door, it's like, kids, you need to like shut up and stop like hitting each other and, and act like we are this perfect family. (laughs) Let's get it together. Um, and it, and it's funny because I think that actually leads to a lot of toxicness. Oh yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of secrets, a lot of hiding. Yeah. A whole lot of, of, uh, in, in, in the brain, dark space, dark space. It's dark space. It's because space. it's secret. Oh yeah. Cause it's secret and you do, you do not share with anybody. Right. Because if anyone knew, mm-hmm. then you would truly be known Yeah, and you cannot be known. Well, you should be able to be known, but it's a lot easier to hide it all and just put out this perfect persona, which is what turns a whole lot of people off to church or the idea of church mm-hmm. is that so many Christians do this. I've been guilty of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and in your job, like being a foreman uh, out there laying the asphalts on whoa, the whoa, dirts, building the dirts. I don't lay the asphalts. You build the dirt, put the rocks on top of the dirts. Okay. Well, in doing that, like you're probably around a lot of like non-Christian guys. Oh yeah, and yes, ton of them. What would you say their biggest hangup is that keeps them from going to church? Hypocrisy, judgment, and just uh, just that false persona of everybody that goes to church is perfect. That they've got everything together and they don't deal with nothing. Okay, so where where does that like come from? Like, why do you think like? There's that disconnect where in like church, we talk about Jesus and grace and forgiveness, but we, we don't like practice it ever. Oh yeah. Because it's what people see. So if you go, if you're a first timer into a church um, and people see all these just perfect little happy families, and then, you know, you at our church, they ask for um, people want to come down and get prayed for. Um, And you see very little people actually coming down to get prayed for when almost all of us should be going down there because we all have some sort of issue going on that requires prayer. And so when nobody goes down and everybody's perfect, it just, yeah, Yeah, that makes sense to me. It's not good. I think that, um, there's like a real sense of guilt too, when you kind of grow up in this culture and context that kind of hammers on you about like the law and that you're supposed to do a b and c and if you don't then here's the consequences of what's going to happen and so you because all of us like can't live up to <clears throat> to that standard yeah. when we fail there is this sense of feeling disqualified mm-hmm. and there's like all these verses in the bible that talk about like qualifications for different leaders and, and roles out there, you know, that you need to be like 
the husband of one wife, you know, manage your household well, all these things. And then when we engage in some kind of sin, like we feel disqualified. Oh yeah. And the sad thing is where, what we're talking about tonight with that being like one of the biggest hangups for men is that that actually leads to inaction. Yeah. It's easier just to slink away to, to kind of go back into your little shell. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about that previously is that it's much easier to just once you have sinned or once you've done something that you know for sure is wrong and nobody else really knows or has an idea, Mm -hmm. it's much easier to put it in that dark space, put it in that, that, that hidden area and just don't let people know and express that persona that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that often like keeping a secret like that, uh, takes like a ton of energy. Oh yeah. And leads to lying. Yeah. And you, and you end up like spinning this web of like, I can't like meet the standards. So I'm either going to hide it and spend all this energy there. Or like a lot of men, um, take this like more cowardly route and just give up. Um, I think that, um, we like have this idea and ideal in our heads of who we're called to be as a man, as a father, as a husband and all these things. And, and that takes effort and energy and it's hard. And when we fail, uh, we get kind of discouraged and we're just like, what's the point? I know that it's so easy for me. Like I even feel guilty a lot of the time just with small things on a daily basis of like, Oh, I screwed up today. And now, um, today is just a wash. So I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to sit in my chair. I'm going to zone out and watch like a TV show or something instead of engaging with my wife, instead of engaging with my kids and I'll totally check out Mm -hmm. or it's hard. I've seen so many of my friends where they have something bigger in their life where they they've had a few years where they're addicted to pornography. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, they don't feel like they can be a leader. Um, and do something. I, I know guys who have been through a divorce and because of that, they're like, well, I'm done. I'm like tainted now or something. And so they can't, they can't do something. Um, and they choose this, this life of inaction, you know, born out of that, like cowardice that it takes to, to change, um, instead of choosing like that action. Yeah. And that's why the verse is so powerful. If you can apply that to your life, because every single one of us is the woman caught in adultery mm-hmm. because I mean, sin is sin. There's no, this one's worse than this one. I mean, there is in our brains, but mm-hmm. in God's brain, sin is all crimson. It's all bad. Mm-hmm. And so if you can put your play, it put you in the place of the woman caught in adultery and God's just looking at you like you're good, you're fine. Just go. Neither do I condemn and, you and just go on yeah. now and sin no more. Sin no more. Go yeah. and give it another shot. Don't slink away. Don't sit in your chair and numb out on TV. Go and give it another shot. Yeah, you just yelled at your kids for doing something that made you mad because you just got home and it's 110 degrees outside and you've been out mm-hmm. in it all day and you're frustrated and mad. And yeah, you yelled at them, but you go up, you give them love, you say, hey, I'm sorry, and you try. Yeah. I think that's like really good on the daily basis for like what it looks like to try. But like, what about those guys that have had something big? Like maybe they had a divorce in their past or maybe they've, um, 
committed some sort of crime. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe they've spent like so many years, like stuck in addiction. Yeah. So I, I've been in that boat, um, with pornography. I was battling that for pretty much what feels like the entirety of my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that, that feeling of, well, I've been looking at porn. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I've been hiding it from my wife. There's always a mindset, even up to this point right now of, well, I've had this problem, so I can't, I can't do this. Whereas that's just the enemy creeping in to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. And I've slowly figured that out over the last, I don't know how long it's been. I mean, like 16, 17, 19, 20 years. I don't know. Probably 20 years. What, how old am I? You're 35. 35. Yeah, it's been, I don't know. It's been a really long time. I don't even want to do the math. But anyways, so many years of probably missed opportunities where God wanted to use me. And I've just chosen to be like, you know what? That's, that's not for me because I have this secret. I have this, this addiction, this disease that just keeps coming and rearing its ugly head constantly. And so it, yeah. it's really easy to fall into that. Yeah. And it's, it's really easy to stay in that because essentially you don't have to do anything. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's the ultimate cop out. Well, it's in the Bible. It says, do not commit adultery. And then, this other part of the Bible, it says, Jesus, if you look at a woman, mm -hmm. you've committed adultery. Well, there you go. Now I'm just going to hang out in my, my little sin bubble in my dark little corner of my heart and just feel sorry for myself and, yeah. and carry on. Yeah. And I think like in my story, like I have a, a divorce in my past and I'm in a second marriage now and it would be so easy. And there, there was a long time and like afterwards where I felt like I was just lost mm -hmm. and I'd grown up in this church context where it's like divorce is wrong. Divorce is wrong. Divorce is oh, wrong. Yeah. If you get divorced, you're going to be wearing this scarlet letter that you're going to have on your chest the rest of your life. And I, I grew up like doing all the right things. And you think that you're going to avoid that. Like I remember saying my wedding vows and thinking that like I, I'm going to honor this. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do all these things. And then suddenly eight years later, um, going, going through that, um, I felt tainted yeah. and, and because of that, uh, there was a period of time where I just threw myself into rebellion against God out of anger. Like I did all these things that I thought were right. And I still ended up in this position and stuff. And, um, it would be so easy for me. I've had friends that have gone through something like that and they've completely walked away from their faith in God yeah. um, and embraced worldliness. And, and it's been a long, hard road to, to not choose that, to choose to serve God instead in, in everything that I do. I think that often it, it's really hard to, to do that. And when you carry around that sense of shame, oh, yeah. because like often when, when we do sin in some way, um, we feel that guilt and that shame. And so we keep it secret and that becomes your identity. Yeah. And then you live out that identity identity instead of being who God says you actually are. Mm -hmm. um, understanding what grace is. When we look at that situation with the woman caught in adultery, um, Jesus doesn't say that what she did was right nope. at all. Um, there's other 
texts of scripture in the gospels where like Jesus talks about like the awfulness of adultery and what that causes in a, in a family um, and points people to that high standard of what marriage should be and all these things. And instead Jesus looks at her and says like, you're not condemned, go now and sin no more. And grace should enable us to live out that new identity yep. for who we are. So often, like as guys, um, you know, we've talked about uh, different things tonight of, you know, areas where people get stuck, whether, you know, it's anger and yelling at their kids and they feel like the day is lost or, or big ones like pornography or broken families and all these things where like guys can get stuck and, and completely hung up. And, and there's things that we're supposed to be as men where it, it's, it's not like some leader thing that you're just automatically disqualified from the rest of your life because you had a bad day or a bad year or a bad decade. You can make a decision as a man to say that was wrong. All of those things and behaviors that I did before like I'm going to have to live like in the consequences of some of these things, but I can choose today to change my life and my behavior. I can choose today to walk away from that addiction that I've had for forever and, and be who's God's called me to be, to be a present father, to be a loving husband, to be the kind of man that people in the community respect. Yep. And each day waking up and making that decision, regardless of what happens 10 minutes after you wake up. Mm -hmm. And it's constantly going back to that, just that visual that I have of Jesus just leaning down, being like, you're forgiven, go and sin no more. Boom, I hit the deck again, mm -hmm. 10 minutes later. And Jesus kneeling down, hey, let's get up, let's try it again, let's sin no more. Yeah. And just constantly, constantly, constantly for me anyways, that's, it's been the narrative for my life for most of it is just, all right, let's get back up. Let's try it again. Let's keep going. It's when you, it's when you see God kneel down and say, let's get up, let's try it again. Let's go and sin no more. And you just stay, you say, you know what? I'm good right here. I still love you. I still am going to worship you on Sundays. I'm still going to pray to you when things get hard, but I'm just not going to try to get back up. That's when you got to try and snap yourself out of that. And that, I mean, that's having a friend that you can talk to about anything. Mm -hmm. That's having a, a group of guys that you meet with to get this stuff out. And it's not like a kumbaya thing. It's a thing that you need to have as a man mm -hmm. to help to help get you through this yeah. thing we call life. Yeah. It's just hard because I think that courage often comes in numbers. Oh yeah. If you feel like you're isolated, if you feel like you're alone, um, you're more likely to quit. But if you surround yourself with a community of guys who are going to walk with you, who are going to hold you accountable and these things who are even going to like when you do completely screw up and make a mess of things, like they're not going to abandon you. Yeah. Um, that that's where like real growth comes from in these things. And it's not seeing the new guy that walks into church and be like, Hey man, 
I'm addicted to pornography. You want to hang out? Yeah. You got to kind of foster that relationship. Yeah, you can't, I can't come. You I can't, can't come out of nowhere. Bet. I mean, you and I have been friends since we were in elementary oh, school. Yeah. Long time. And we pretty much know everything there is to know about each other. Yeah. Um, and that, that came from a lifelong yeah. friendship. Yeah, and there's been seasons in life ago. where you were being a complete tool and an idiot. <laughs> and wow. I called you out on those things. It's true. And then there's yeah. been seasons in my life where I've been a complete tool and an idiot. And you've been like, Hey, you know, you know better than this. Yeah. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, it takes that kind of relationship to challenge people, yeah. you know, in and sure. like, I mean, at the end of the day, um, getting up when you're knocked down, I think is, is an admirable thing. Yeah. There's, there's this scene from uh, one of the Marvel movies. I think it was the first captain America movie where, uh, captain America before he was captain America, when he was that scrawny, scrawny kid, kid trying to sign up for the military and no one would take him. He, you know, gets kind of cornered in this alley and this bully is just like punching him, uh, making fun of him mm -hmm. for being this like little scrawny kid. And he, and he gets back up then he gets punched again and goes down and gets back up. And, and that becomes this like admirable thing. We think about like a sports movie, like Rudy, mm -hmm. where, I mean, he just gets shellacked. Oh yeah. Everything stacked against him. Everything stacked against him. And eventually he, because of his persistence yes. and coming back, he was able to persevere through this. Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, like we're going to make mistakes all the time. All the time. And it could be a little thing or it could be a big thing. And if we choose to live in that mistake and identify with that mistake and build who we are around that mistake, we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. We're not going to gain any ground in our life, any, any hope of leaving a legacy, any hope of making a difference in our community. And it's detrimental to the family. It's detrimental to the growth of your kids. It's detrimental to your marriage because your kids got to see you trying because if they don't see you trying and they see you just being hitting something hard, like you lose your job or, you know, something like that. And then, well, dad's just sitting on the couch, just taking it like a champ. It's that, that is a bad precedent to set for your kids. Yeah. Well, and I think that failure happens in life. It we does. go through all these things and that's how you respond. I think if to a kid knows failure. like, Oh, my dad screwed up and he owns it and apologizes for it and says, you know what, we're going to move on and make a difference now in time. Like that's not hypocritical mm -hmm. anymore. That's someone that's like owning their faults and failures and still trying to be a better person in spite of those things. Yes. So ultimately the big idea in tonight's podcast episode is as a Christian, you are not disqualified never from being a leader in your home, from being the dad that you need to be, from being the husband that you need to be. And no matter what it is, you could be a, um, murdering, adultering drug addict. As awful as that sounds. As awful as that sounds. And you're going to live consequences yes. for doing not, those things. It's not a free pass. But you can say, you know what, today is the day that uh, I'm going to be a new link in a chain of men who are faithful to God. Yep. And I can choose today 
to be who God has called me to be. Mm -hmm. And we go from there. So yeah, you're not disqualified. Never. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tonight, thank you for listening. It's time to regain the initiative and make a difference in your life, in your home, and your community. See you next week. Let's take that ground.